You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. Holy cow, it's 2020, y'all. It feels like I've been away for quite a while, but here we are. So welcome back. I hope this new year has already ushered in your desire to get up and get out and to be God's hands and feet wherever he has you, you know, like in your own little Calcutta. 2020 is often an interesting start for me, and I'm excited to be back here with and for you and for all my Whatsoever 168 listeners. Speaking of excited, let me tell you, some exciting news, super exciting news, is that my podcast is now on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Be sure to subscribe, have your family and friends subscribe, and share your favorite episodes with your friends and on social media as well. And a colossal shout out to my friend Ryan, who helped me with all this techie stuff too, by the way. Because if you know anything about me, I am so not all about that techie mumbo jumbo. So muchas gracias, mi amigo. Along with thanking Ryan, I want to thank my next guest here for episode 13. My guest has a very busy and tight schedule, but she carved out some time just for you. And I know you're going to enjoy getting to know this beautiful lady. She is a diligent worker, a fun-loving wife and mom, and an outdoorsy kind of gal who was profoundly inspired to get up and get moving herself by Matthew Kelly's book titled The Rhythm of Life. She epitomizes Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. And as you will hear, my guest truly trusts our Lord with all of her endeavors, and she often also prays for St. Cecilia's intercession when she performs. I share with you all the amazing Debbie Larcher. Here we are. Welcome back to the Whatsoever 168 podcast. I'm sitting here in an island paradise in Little Rockledge, Florida with my buddy, Debbie Larcher. How you doing, Debbie? Doing good. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you've had several appointments today. I know you have some appointments coming up. And so hats off to Debbie for making the time to sit with us today and share a little bit about her ministry. Before you get started, though, I was hoping that you could share with us a little bit about who you are and give the background to the listeners, and then we'll jump into what's going on with your project. Okay, sure will. I was actually born up north in New York. I moved to Florida when I was a teenager. Went to Rockledge High School for a year or two before off to other things. I also went to the University of Florida. I have a degree in medical technology. I have three young sons who are in their 20s and a husband and quite an extended family. Husband's like an extra kid, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to say that when this is going to go public, so. (laughs) We love you, honey. I love you, honey. (laughs) And um, so all of that keeps me pretty busy. Um, As far as hobbies, I do several different things with music. Um, I really love outdoorsy kind of exercise things, especially bike riding and spending time with friends and family a lot um, is really important to me. And inspiration, I would say, is the people around me, especially, you know, our church friends, family and other close friends. Keeps me going, keeps me moving fast every single day. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I don't know if you remember when you and I really got to know each other, but we were at a little retreat 
at Cynthia's house many, many years ago. Oh, yes. And we were all sitting around the table. There were a whole bunch of us women. Do you remember this? A little bit, and, yeah. And I'll share this story for our listeners. I know we're, we're getting a little sidetracked, but that's kind of what this podcast is all about, too, is the stories. But we were sitting around this table. There had to have been 20 of us. I don't know how many there were, but there were a lot of women. And somehow or other, my seat got near your seat. And we got to chatting, and it was summertime, and you had said something about camping. And I always see you gussied up at church. And I know that sounds really bad, but I didn't view you as a camper. Mm -hmm. And I just always saw you as a singer. You know, it's so funny how we compartmentalize. But anyhow, we got Mm -hmm. to talking, and you shared that you have a camper. I'm like, oh, I have a camper. You're like, oh, what do you have? I've got a pop-up. i got a pop-up, too. We go camping every summer. I go camping every summer. And it rolled around to you saying you're going to North Carolina. I said, I'm going to North Carolina. And you said, I'm going to Cherokee. I'm like... I'm going to charity. You're like, I'm going in two weeks. I'm like, we're going in two weeks. I know. And it turned out that our paths were going to be crossing in Cherokee, North Carolina yep. that summer, like a few weeks later. And it turned out that you were staying in the next campground over and some of your friends, shout out to the Aldermans. Yeah. Um, and we visited. I know. It was yep. so awesome. And so from there, I got to see the outdoorsy side mm-hmm. of you. Well, that's funny you say that. I do have a comment. I was not supposed to be a camping person. Oh. <laughs> until I had three sons. <laughs> right. You know, I thought I'd be more of a resort person. But, right. you know, you have three little boys and things kind of go a certain direction. So, And hence the family time that you talked about earlier and the inspiration. Yeah. So you're willing to step out of yourself and, you know, maybe you can borrow my daughters if you need that girly fix. I I'm happy to share them with actually. you. And speaking of kids, that leads us to your whatsoever project. Debbie has a fantastic little ministry, and I want her to share a little bit about her whatsoever project. So the St. Mary uh, Children's Choir is, um, you know, has been in place for a very long time, and I really um, am helping out the parish music director by leading them during our liturgies. So we have a rehearsal once a week and we go over our music and teach them sometimes new things or sometimes brush up on old things and then and then we do mass together on Wednesdays. That's awesome. And so are you the are you considered the leader or the director or how does that work? I see your hands moving, but I don't know what it means. Well, I'm di- <laughs> I'm directing them in song. Okay. Um, I'm not the director of the music program. Mm-hmm. So I'm really assisting our director. Okay, to work so with the kids I'm sorry. Our listeners know that I was kicked out of the third grade choir. So I'm really not. And that's a true story. You're smiling. But I'm like, no, no, it really was a true story. And so I'm not really familiar with all the terminology. So before we get going and dive in a little more deeply to the music part of this, which is definitely out of my realm of areas of expertise, are there any um, terms or words that we should know that'll help the listeners as far as like, I don't know, cantatas or I can't even think <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, like technical musical things that we work on with the kids. Let me think. We think about them, you know, pronouncing their their vowels and their consonants correctly, their their um, diction when they're singing their words. Breathing is a big thing with singing, getting breath ahead of time and how to have their posture correct. I mean, there are a lot of technical things to singing that we try to work with them on. I didn't even think about breathing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we just oh, do it. Oh, that's everything. Right. Breathing's everything. See, yeah. and, I don't, and that's probably why I was kicked out of the choir. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, Sister No, actually, Gina. you'd be really good because you know what it is? If you can talk a long time, mm-hmm. if you can just get going and, and keep on going, mm-hmm. then you would be able to sing. So I guess Deb's saying that I'm chatty. That's you like nice to way talk. Saying, chatty. Like I to do talk. like talking. That's. I think that's why God called me to this ministry. So why did God call you to this ministry? How'd you get involved? 
it's funny the children's music part is was really kind of an sort of an accident in that I had already been in the church choir for a while that had its own kind of story of a beginning but I was in the church choir and just loving it and one of my friends became put in charge of the children's music I think she was teaching all of the music and then she had to do this choir thing and I just went to her one day I think maybe my youngest went off to kindergarten or something and I had some time on my hands and I said you know if you ever need any help with the kids like you know maybe I could come in and you know sit with them and help them sing a little part or something like that you know just because I'm in the choir I really didn't know very much at the time at all Mm -hmm. especially about teaching kids music so she said oh sure I could really use the help I went okay and she said well can you come to rehearsal and the very first day she just like said well go stand there in front of them I'm like um okay and do what <laughs> so you know wave I mean, your arms around look like you know what you're doing. I knew how to keep musical count from my own choir but right. that was really the beginning and so she played the piano and she would get up and down and kind of teach them certain things about the music and then she'd go play the piano and I just stood in front of them and kept them going sang along with them let them know when to come in and when to stop and it just kind of that was quite a few years ago it's evolved from there that was a short term maybe couple of year thing Mm -hmm. and then more recently again two years ago i forget who was there last uh, we lost our director of music at the school Mm -hmm. and we get a new director for the whole parish and i went over to him and i this time hesitantly because my schedule was much more full and i said by the way if you need any help with the kids you know, because, oh, it was because he seemed kind of overwhelmed as a new person to the parish. Gotcha. If you need a little help with the kids, you know, I used to help out a little bit. A little means a lot. Though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad, but he's like, oh, that would be awesome. So, and we got started again. It's been, run our third year. So you've been doing this for how many years? You did this when your youngest, your, well, your youngest is in college now. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, yeah. several years ago. Yeah. I mean, I've been involved in music at our church for maybe... 15, 17 years, something like that at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, Debbie's super fun. She's that mom that gets out and rides the bike. She mm-hmm. goes tubing. She goes rock wall climbing. She does it all. And so it's just natural for you, like a natural transition to go from choir, adult choir, to working with the kids. And I know yeah. my youngest, Cassidy, um, has sung with you. And, mm-hmm. and I know she really appreciates the work that you put in. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to, what they call that? When you work with kids, it's kind of like herding cats. They can be a little overwhelming. So let's go back just a little bit. So you didn't originally begin in children's choir. You This started off with regular adult choirs. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. That's kind of interesting, too. The only singing I ever did in my entire life was sixth grade choir oh my up gosh. in New York. After that, I did actually uh, orchestra in junior high school and high school for four years. I played the viola. After that, I moved to Florida, and there was nothing mm-hmm. for many, many years. Honestly, what happened is when I was in my mid-30s, I got diagnosed with breast cancer when, when my son was really young. And I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was kind of a big deal. It was, you know, not the simplest. And I had to have surgery, chemo, the whole nine yards. It was a long, long, tough year. But when it was over, I'm sure a lot of people who have had cancer would say this, you just have this, like, renewed feeling of, hey, life is short on this planet, and you better do the stuff that you think you want to do right don't wait you know don't be waiting until you're retired or something like which for me then would have been 30 years down the road i didn't know what the things were going to be but it was it was kind of a cool thing i mean Mm. i still consider it a major blessing especially after all that's come from it the cancer yeah yeah absolutely because of all this sure i mean i know tons of people that just are waiting 
for some day when they have more time, when they have more money, when they have more mm-hmm. energy. I, w- I love to do this or that, right? Right. So the next thing that happened was our church was being built. Mm-hmm. So how many years ago was that? I think it's about Tw- almost twenty. Okay, so that's when that's when this the beginning of this was. And they made an announcement one Sunday saying, we're going to form a special choir for the jubilation mass of our new church. And everyone is welcome to come. And it will be, I think we practice for a few months. And um, it will be just that one day that you'll sing with everybody else who volunteers to do it. So I right away, I was like so excited. I'm like, I want to do that. And I went to my husband. And I said, you know, c- you know, can I? Because we had three little kids. They right, were little. Right. And so parting you know a couple times a week for something else and sure no problem so um the person who was directing that choir was um a music teacher here locally who was very very good and i just fell in love mm-hmm. like instantly and so we go through the rehearsals and we did that jubilation ceremony i don't know if you you must have been no i had to right be there. i had to be out of town oh, yeah i know um, it was it was super cool in fact we walked from the old church to the new church mm-hmm. singing Mm. And we sang a song, I think it was Over My Head. We sang it at church. Yeah. It's a really cool song. And we lined up and had the people walk between us, mm-hmm. singing along with us. It was so exciting. And then I never quit. Then I joined the regular choir because I was just like, just taken up with it. Wow. And I have been ever since. I mean, I like I found my thing that just like lights me up. I can't really explain it or tell you why. I'm not that good. I wasn't that good. I don't have any professional music degrees, but... I was so interested that, you know, I went on to work hard at learning different things and, you know, eventually taking voice lessons myself and just working harder at it. You know, one season I joined the college choir, like with the college kids, the daytime class. I had to break away from work, drive over to BCC real quick and run in the classroom. And the first time I walked in there, they had uh, about 50 kids in the choir class. I still have the same director. He just held his hands up and had us play he played a chord on the piano and told each section to sing their note and it was like just like so beautiful to me because these kids could really they really knew what they were doing they'd been studying yeah yeah so i did that for the semester and it was so fun Mm. so fun that Mm. was a one-time thing now i'm in the brevard community choir which is adults okay and we practice in the evening and have concerts what a story yeah holy cow it's pretty cool so that leads me to i wanted to ask you how you were formed for this ministry and so i know you said that you sang in the sixth grade choir Mm -hmm. and then that kind of was it and then you picked up the piccolo you said the the viola viola Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whenever anybody says i don't know why when somebody says the the viola i think piccolo and then i just it's just a slightly larger violin they shut the band down (laughs) when they heard i was coming with my saxophone so i really am not good with music so i really appreciate all that you guys do and then you said your can you had cancer as well which then gave you a new passion and opened up your eyes to vocation right yeah yeah so how who's the person behind this ministry how were you formed because you could be singing you have a beautiful voice i mean Aww. you could be going out and, and maybe producing some of your own music You're, she's shaking her I head no so her eyes look horrified right now <laughs> no way but you could and i'm always in awe of people i'll go to different churches when we travel as a family and we always go to mass and and i'm in awe of all these churches all around the united states and people are giving their time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to jump on a tangent here. My grandmother, everybody's heard so much about my sweet grandma Rolette. Mm-hmm. She sang in the church choir. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, as she got older, her voice got a little cracky. But 
she had a really good voice and such a passion for singing. And she actually went, even as an old woman, and went and sang to the old folks. And I knew the time that she put in because I would call her when I was in college and then as I was a young adult. And Mm -hmm. we'd show them off at choir practice. And so as my husband and I started having children and going to church, and you see people leave early. And I understand people are busy, but I never leave. I really, it, it's such, it's so hard for me to leave because I know how much time you put in. Mm. And I really appreciate the music, but more importantly, it, it's a ministry and it's a love that you have because it's not just, oh, a one hour once every couple weeks. You're putting in time, mm-hmm. like you said, voice lessons, but then you're sharing it with the church. You could mm-hmm. go anywhere else. So what formed you, maybe from your youth or maybe something during your teen years, to make you get to where you are now? I think it's just something that's always been in me. I, I did go to Catholic school when I was young and CCD and everything. And I remember the school that where I was made my confirmation, um, they had folk mass. You know? Oh, yeah. I loved that. They had guitars and I, don't know, I think it was in a basement somewhere even, but it was just a fun mass. And what I liked about it was the music. I don't know. I mean, I like mass. And then when I got got involved with music and that part of it, it just really just makes me feel like just gelled with everything. And it's it's a form of prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, we consider that everything we're singing is prayer. Uh, many of the hymns, as you know, are directly Bible verses and, and of course, the Psalms and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just there. It's just in you. Yeah. It's funny that you should say that about songs being prayer because there is a famous quote by St. Augustine, and I'm sure you've heard it, and it says, you've probably heard it this way, he who sings prays twice. Yes. Well, I went and did some research before this interview, and it's actually a misquote. St. Augustine actually said, he who sings well praise twice oh, and wow. I, had to, <laughs> I had to laugh going well I don't know about that because I actually my mom's friend is a musician and she told me she goes please Jen when you have your babies do not sing to them because your voice is seriously oh, so hilarious. bad and I thought wow and so then I find this quote that says who sings well I'm like all right so does that mean that like a well, negative and a negative is a positive well just with your passion it my means passion. with your heart that was good good save yeah good save I love it So let's keep going in that direction. You talked about the folk mass. I love Mm -hmm. that. We had a folk mass as well. And Mm -hmm. it was neat because even though Sister Regina, God bless her, rest her soul, I know she kicked me out of the choir. And it was a good thing because it turned me on to sports. And that's kind of, that Mm -hmm. ended up paying for my college and just put me on a different path. But on, I believe it was Saturday evenings, we had a folk mass as well. Mm -hmm. And she would encourage all the kids. You didn't have to be in the choir. Mm -hmm. So if you were coming to church, she had all the kids sit in this one big section. And I'm not going to say that we were always full attentive but we enjoyed going and sitting together as the youth Mm -hmm. and then the instruments would come out and it was really about the youth doing the instruments Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so as soon as you brought that up I thought oh my gosh that's I'm gonna put you in charge of that we got to bring that back to our church that would be great that would be cool so working with kids uh, I know that you went over and you you volunteered and you said if you need any help but you still could have said no to the long-term part of it why'd you say yes because you just went over just kind of like almost like a, a temporary fix, like yeah. a little Band-Aid. Yeah. But then something happened that, that oh, the, yeah. the yes extended. Yeah. Well, it's um, actually really neat to be in that place with them. You know, they're singing. And, and first of all, I mean, look at their little faces. 
sometimes some of them you know it's different every time but every once in a while you catch one of them with their eyes closed just like kind of just looking up and just like really getting into it and you realize this is you're putting something in them that may last a lifetime yeah. or, or may come back like for me like many years later because you planted that seed you know right. and um to be to be in front and and kind of like pulling everything together hopefully, <laughs> yeah. and just making it all happen, it's a really cool thing. I liked it. Mm -hmm. It's it's fun to hear them like really love a song, really get yeah. into it, or really make it beautiful. And yeah. Do you have a favorite song? Or do the kids have a favorite song that you guys both enjoy working together on? Um, maybe actually, just yesterday they asked if we could sing again Awesome God. That's the one that has all the hand signals that mm -hmm. they love. And I don't know if you remember it when we did the summer camp. We did uh, Vacation Bible School. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, that was like a key school, a key song that they really love to sing. So yeah. Do you get nervous when you're up there? Uh, yeah. Not often mm -hmm. as I used to. It kind of depends, yeah. you know. Like if it's a new song? It's like anything else. Like if, if you're not well prepared, right. that's a biggie. That's yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or if... There's just something maybe unexpected that could be going on, like something different that day. Or a new song that you realize, uh, we didn't quite get through yeah. that yesterday too good, <laughs> and I uh, hope this goes okay. Or if the slide's like, oh Lord, please get oh, the yeah, slide right too. Oh yeah, that happened today. Sure. Like if the mm -hmm. slide doesn't turn, and do you have this instant like, you know, oh, And then crap. kids, do you, really, do you really know this song? Yeah. Do you know the next the next few verses? They did today. <laughs> they did, I, I noticed that, I said, uh-oh. And then there yeah. was a couple of slides that got missed, and I was like, hats off to these kids. Yeah. Boy, this election today was, today's yeah. Wednesday. And I can't take credit for that either, though. I don't actually choose the music for the kids right now. So you talked about the practice. I wanna, since we're on this the same vein, mm -hmm. what does a typical preparation and practice session look like? So I know, for ex example, you said it's once a week, mm -hmm. and I know that you said that you're working with enunciation. I imagine you have to teach them the words enunciation and diction, and then breathing, of course, and then mm -hmm. posture. Mm -hmm. So what would a sample practice look like? Lately, you know, it, it always depends on who the ultimate director is and how they wanna manage things, so it mm -hmm. changes. More recently with this group of kids, um, our parish has really put a focus on us having them learn the Psalms yeah. and how to sing them in chant version, uh, which we've been doing for a while now, and then also to sing those antiphons, the entrance antiphon and the communion antiphon. So lately we spend a good amount of time going over that, although they're amazing how quick they learn. We're mm -hmm. always shocked. I mean, sometimes it's one time and you're like, how did they do that? They must have done that some other day. No, right. they just really are like, like people say, sponges. So we'll go over, you know, whatever's new for the day, especially those things. And um, and we just interject as needed, you know, little technical things. We're mm -hmm. not doing voice lessons with them. They're only in third grade, most of the kids we have right now. And again, we tell them something once and usually it's done. Yeah. If I say to them, don't breathe in between those two words, which is a big thing with singing, you want to phrase things, you want to have it have a nice flow and start and stop. Next time it's done. In fact, the next wow. day, they can also do it again. They don't forget, which right. that always amazes me. Especially practicing once a week. And then when do yeah. they typically practice? During school or after practice school? practice during school. During school, okay. Day before mass, wow. usually. And so you said that they like singing Awesome God. Mm -hmm. Do you have any songs that you prefer to sing? With the kids? Mm -hmm. That's a hard question. Yeah, that was a mean one. Your selection yeah. today was great. Well, I do love that uh, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace, mm -hmm. the Prayer of St. Francis, and they did a beautiful job with that. They did. Mm -hmm. They did. Yes. 
Do you listen to any music to kind of get you ready? You know, like before sporting events, they listen to mm-hmm. usually faster paced music, kind mm-hmm. of get hyped up. Do you listen to any music or is there any little special step-by-step preparedness session that you do to get ready? Yeah, but I don't. You don't? I, and this is really weird, especially <laughs> to say here, but I don't listen to too much music at all because I'm either at a music rehearsal. I'm in three choirs right now. So I'm either at a rehearsal, at a service, or maybe sitting at my piano, kind of banging something, getting ready for it. And so honestly, I th- any time that I have, which is not a lot, I like quiet, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do too. I do too. It's funny. I work in youth ministry and I'm noticing, especially as I'm getting older, I really like the quiet. Yeah. And so now the kids are coming in, they're singing these songs. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know that song. (laughs) I I don't know that TV show because I like the quiet. Yeah. So I can relate to that. Yeah, I don't know any TV shows. Yeah, I'm big on the quiet more and more, like you said, as I get older. And then you said you play the piano. I don't play it. Actually, I can find notes and play a melody or whatever I'm looking at for my part to sing. So you said that you don't really do a lot along the lines, but what about with the kids? Is there a little warm-up routine before a service? Um, Currently, like I said, it changes, but um, some directors will have them do like scales Mm -hmm. or sirens. A siren is just where you go, See, that that goes to the terminology we were just talking about. Sirens, anybody who sings those sirens are. It just kind of warms up your vocal cords, Mm -hmm. or we'll just have them do like la-la-la-la's scales. Okay, and is that really necessary? I'm not a singer. I'm like, do we really need to do that? I think you, I would think so. It it helps. It it might be more of a mental thing than a physical thing, honestly, but it just gets the air flowing. It's all about air moving through your vocal cords, and so that helps a lot. But, you know, I just wanted to throw some funny thing in that just popped in my head about the piano thing Mm. I learned how to play my parts initially at the very beginning of this whole story on my toddler's little teeny (laughs) keyboard thing the little plunking thing yeah when I came home from my early choir practices and I was like how am I going to get that note well I knew where it was on a keyboard so Mm. we had one of those from a garage sale five dollar little red and green and yellow C was and I would hit it and play my couple little things that I was trying to learn in a song wow and that evolved into a real piano that I can you know, see, folks, hang on to those faster. little kitty toys. They can come back and help you out. I know. I know. I'm in that stage now of our lives. We're starting to get rid of those little kitty toys. So that gives me a new perspective. Donate it to a new choir person. I mean, I've there recommended that yeah. to lots of new choir people. They say I don't have a piano to bang out my parts and learn my music. I'm like, get one of those little kid things. They're they're actually on pitch, and you okay. can use them as a start. Now they have apps on your phone you can use yeah too, it's not the same no. of course we're older parents <laughs> so we're like oh it's not the same but the younger ones are like this is so outdated <laughs> so you're working with kids and i can imagine now you've been there for a few years working with this crew now do you have any plans as far as some goals short-term goals long-term goals Honestly, for right now, I've just been playing it by ear. I actually have to leave my paid work job to go to the kids' practice. So every semester, I have to ask permission to do that. Mm. So I'm always like, I I told them from the beginning, I don't know how long this is going to last. Because once they say, no, you can't leave in the middle of the day like that, or something else gets in my way because of that reason, I wouldn't be able to keep doing that. So, you know, I just take it one semester at a time and see, you know. Labor of love. Where the Lord's leading me next. My time especially because family things are changing. Sure. Parents are aging. Kids are having things going on. So I, I'm a person who kind of stays close, you know, in the day, the week, the month. And, I can you know. imagine too with 
what's happened in your past, mm -hmm. it makes you go day by day oh, in yeah. some respects. Yeah, yeah. They make the most of every day. I don't worry too much about too far ahead, honestly. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what happens there. I know sometimes that worry, I think that worry is cancerous in some yeah. respects. Yeah. Right? Especially the kids, you can sit there and worry about, oh gosh, is he coming? Is he going to, you know, you know some of the problems the kids are having at home. And, yeah. and they bring that, I can imagine, to the choir loft. Yep. And then you have to deal not just with the music and the posture and the diction and the enunciation, but... right. Dealing yeah. with the, the whole kid as well. Yeah, and I was going to say that earlier. Music is a, we call it a ministry, but kids choir is the same as the adult choir, especially in the adult choir. That We pray together. We know each other's problems that are going on, illnesses that are going on. We pitch in and help each other. Music is very much like any other ministry in that way, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and with the kids, you're right, same thing. We know when, when there's a child that's out because they're sick, they got hurt, or they are just having, like you said, a hard time with other things in life or school. And we'll, you know, try to especially care for them and whatever. I mean, the things we can do in choir is like, sometimes they don't like where they're sitting. <laughs> they don't like who they're sitting next to right. or, you know. Priorities. Yeah, things like that or just... Somebody left their glasses home and they can't see the board and they get upset. They cry sometimes if they oh, can't wow. keep up or they, you know, feel like, oh, I just got kind of scolded when it wasn't my fault kind of thing, you know. Mm. You know, I think that, well, not I think, I know that God has you in this place for a reason. Because I think sometimes when you ask people, especially along this journey that I've had with this podcast, meeting different people, and they're like, oh, I just do this or oh, I just do that. And we can sometimes... It's not self-inflating, it's almost self-deflating where we try to minimize what we're doing. And I get it, we don't want to brag and uh, appear self-inflating. But I do know when I talk to people and they say, oh, I'm just a custodian cleaning the church or I'm just a this, and I'm very quick to shoot down the just hmm. because you never know who you're reaching. And the people that the teacher in an English class uh, those kids that she's reaching are different than the people that the math teacher's reading, reaching, that the Spanish teacher's reaching, the PE teacher's reaching, and then they come to you, mm -hmm. and you have the opportunity to be Jesus to them. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are. I know that. And and I know some days, I'm sure you have days where you want to you know, pull your hair out of your head and go, oh my God, I'm not going back. But I can imagine that there are days that you are like, yep, God had me here today. And, oh, there's lots of those. Yeah. And you know, it's really interesting that whole thing that you just said is um, true. A lot of times I actually feel like, um, maybe this is not minimizing it, but I feel selfish because I love doing it so much mm. that I wonder if I'm doing it too much for my for my own mm. pleasure. And then, you know, but then you'll hear people say, yeah, but if it's where you're supposed to be, you will love doing it. You don't yes. want to be in a ministry that you don't want to go there. But right. that's a chore, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. If yeah. your ministry becomes a chore, maybe mm -hmm. you should have a different ministry. And you're being led by the Holy Spirit. I know one time I had, uh, with youth ministry, I had a high school group coming in on a particular Sunday. I had my lesson all ready to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. I had copies. I had all my supplies ready. And it was Saturday night. And it was like 10 o'clock. And I heard God say, that's not your lesson. And I was like, oh, yes, it is. I mean, this is how God and I talk. Well, this is how I talk to God. And then he does a lot of face palming. But I was like, no, 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 no. It's 10 o'clock. It's Saturday. I have mass tomorrow. I'm lecturing. I've got a busy day. Family's coming in. We're going to do a dinner. And then I'm going to youth group. I really don't have time. I'm like, no, no, this is the lesson. And it was so clear 
this is not the lesson. And so I prayed. I'm like, all right, you got five minutes. You better drop this lesson, Lord. And so I pulled out my notebook. And of course, it was longer than five minutes. And and the reality is, is I already knew I was going to say yes to God. And he knew I was going to say yes. These are just the way that we communicate. Mm -hmm. Well, I communicate. But anyhow, the lesson came. And it was completely different than what I was I had planned. Mm-hmm. And I always pray before. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered, like, it's like, okay, all right, so do I do this one? Because I thought it was clear, mm-hmm. but now you're telling me this one. And then I just I heard trust. So mm-hmm. I did. So we went through the lesson and it, it was a good it was a good gathering. The kids were engaged and uh, we had a little video clip, they were watching it, and I kind of watched the kid kind of like my teacher personality comes out and I kind of you know, you're a youth minister, but you're not a teacher. But I was kind of wearing both hats. And the night was over. The kids are leaving. And one of the young ladies came over and out of the blue gave me this big hug. And she's a little emotional. And she said, I needed this lesson tonight. Wow. And it's so funny because our DRE mm-hmm. said to me, what's the lesson? And I said, well, I had to change it. And she's like, oh, we shouldn't do that. I'm like, no, no, God said, and we're doing it. And this girl hugged me so tightly and said, I needed that. Wow. Thank you so much. And she was crying. Yeah. And, of course, and I'm a sucker for anybody who cries. So I, yeah. I got a little missy-eyed. And she walked out and I looked at our DRE and I said, if it reached that kid, that's yeah. all. Yep. God knew she needed that. So yep. it's the same thing with these children is mm-hmm. they're just littler. They come with problems and mm-hmm. things are happening at home and mm-hmm. and something happened in class and they don't want to sit next to that one kid or right. or their glasses broke and, and mm-hmm. you have the opportunity. And I know that you do it. I know you've been a light to my daughter. I know she loves you. And I know Aww. right now she's kind of beginning that whole aging out thing, but yeah. yet she's yeah. wanting to sing. Yeah. And I know you inspire that. I don't know if you know this. Uh, John had a wrestling match the other night, and he needed somebody to sing the national anthem. And she got up there. Wow. And she was inspired because you asked her. I don't know if you remember this. You asked her about a month or so ago. I know. We never got to do that song again. I know, and it's okay. But it lit a little fire. Along with when Uh Sarah let her play the ukulele at that mission. There's a little fire in her. And she got up there. And she, I know I'm a little prejudiced Uh because she's my kid. She nailed the national anthem by herself a cappella. That's so cool. So I know you're speaking to my daughter, but it's not just about her. I know that you're speaking to these other kids too. It's cool to see them at the end of a certain song or something sometimes and and this happens to the adults too where it's really hard for the kids to sit there and go through rehearsals and stuff it's hard yeah. for them to sit in the choir loft during mass and yeah. we don't want them to fidget everybody can yeah. see them we want them to sit still and stand a certain way and all that it's a lot but, but when they've done a, a song and it comes out really nice and you know they can tell they can tell that people enjoyed it or if i make a face or a wink at them or you know give them a little thumbs up you guys right. did a good job they feel really good. And once yeah. in a while, they'll come, one of them will come give me a hug on the way oh, out. You know, right. it's, it's really sweet. You can imagine years from now, they'll look back and go, yeah, you remember that lady? And then uh. more, than, more than likely, they'll be, I don't remember her name. It's always, I don't remember her name. And she swung her hands and she was always so nice. And that'll be you. You know? oh, I hope so. That's, I'm sure, I'm sure your kids cool say thought. that about some of their teachers. And I know that the yeah. kids say that about you. Yeah. So along that vein, any standout moments, any special moments in this ministry? Hmm. Every week after mass, it's, it's, just a little bit of a high yeah I would say yeah why is that I don't know it's the perfect place to be to me I mean to be at mass praying while singing all all in one little ball it's just like you know everybody Mm. has their like happy place that's the happy place and you know some of those kids don't have sports or they don't have they're not good at math or they're not good at English Mm -hmm. and this is where they get to shine yeah and you know when you're when you're at mass with 
all of us together as a family. I don't know if everybody else feels the same way, but as soon as I walk in, everything else stays behind. All the stuff of the world, all your worries, you know, you're going to be in there for an hour. I leave the worries behind most of the time. Right. Occasionally, it'll be the one that you can't swat away, you know, right. but it's peaceful mm-hmm. and it's happy, joyful. I bet the kids see that in your face too, though. So planting yeah, seeds. I hope so. So if somebody were thinking about going into this ministry, what advice would you give them? Well, I guess I would say that don't, for sure, don't think you're not qualified or that you can't help. Um, because honestly, I had no idea what would come to me over all these years. I've done a lot of other things as well, just because I look and say, do you need some help? And you're right. afraid of the answer, but only because I say, well, I don't know if I can do that. So I would say, don't assume that you're not qualified or you don't have what it takes to try and, and learn because right. I felt that way and I've come a long, long right. way, right. you know. From where you were taking voice lessons. Absolutely. I mean, I ended up directing the adult choir for a few years mm-hmm. because our director left and we were all standing there going, what are we going to do? We can't not sing. Right. So I was like, well, I guess I could try and, you know, do what I can do. And we stumbled along for a few years till we got another professional. But, you know, we stayed. We did it. Um, but, yeah, I would say if, if you have, like, a little music background, like, way back when, it doesn't matter. If it's in there, it's in there. When kids learn music, mm-hmm. it never leaves their brain for no. the rest of their life. And they can pull it out and they can relearn and build on it. And I love it. And you hit the nail on the head with that. I was on a mission in the Dominican Republic, and we had a lady who was a music teacher over in Orlando. Mm-hmm. She brought her guitar and she played. You remember that song, His Banner Over Me Is Love? Do you remember that song? Oh, I don't think I do. You don't remember that one? No. I, she pulled that out with the kids. She was teaching them in English. I had not heard that song in a few decades. It brought me right back to my, wow. you know, like sixth grade choir class, yeah. rocking out going, oh my gosh. And then it just brought back all those memories. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what you're leaving with these kids are memories and, and seeds and that's exciting stuff. So what mm-hmm. if somebody would like to reach out with, to you, they're thinking about going into this ministry and, you know, maybe they don't know anybody musically or they're apprehensive about approaching somebody at their church because they don't want to, that person to say yes for sure. So they want to get some more information. How could somebody reach out to you? Um, they could actually just feel free to call me. Is it okay if I give my phone number? Yeah, your phone number is fine. Yeah. Okay, what's that? It is 321-427-2005. That would be best. Call, text, you know, kick it off that way. Yeah, maybe preface it with a text and then um, just make sure that you don't send any pizza to her home unless you're prepaying. Yeah, please. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for that. And then what about, you talked about the adult choir. Mm -hmm. Are you promoting anything? I know right now not a whole lot is happening as far as promotions and and big galas with the kids choir. So what about your adult choir? Anything coming up? I've got, well, the the church choir is ongoing. Anyone's welcome to come join us at any time. Uh, our, our big parts of the year are Easter season and Christmas season. Do you ever kick anybody away? Never. Never? Never. You just turn their microphones off? Maybe. <laughs> Not really. It's so funny. My, my other daughter, Riley, she's more sporty like her yeah. mama. And she wanted to do the choir. And she really is not musically inclined. Yeah. And, you know, with her Down syndrome, too, and she's not able to do that, those long breaths, and we're working on it. But I did go to, I went to the choir director, and I said, listen, you will, I appreciate you letting a little girl with Down syndrome get up there and sing. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're encouraging her. But understand that I'm fine if you turn the microphone off. <laughs> and he goes, oh, we won't do that, Mrs. Renault. And I'm like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, 
he probably will. <laughs> I don't know if you notice, we mostly use the overhead mics these days. Right. Because a choir, actually, you're never supposed to stand out as a single voice. The goal right. of a choir is to blend with be all one the voice. other people and be one voice. Yeah. So individual microphones is not ideal. Right. Usually. We have to do it for different reasons. But The so, point is, you don't kick anybody out. So if they come, yeah. you're taking them. Yeah, absolutely. Because okay. anybody can learn, you know, and people usually know if it's not their thing and they're not doing well with it maybe they won't stay but that rarely happens well like you said earlier about having leaving with that high yeah they'll know they'll know they're in the right ministry yes absolutely and the one other thing i wanted to mention though as far as things coming up is the local community choir that i'm a member of the brevard community chorus actually uh performs every end of fall and end of spring and this year happens to be the um 50th anniversary of that choir so it's an extra special concert which i think happens on may 2nd at the king center where we perform with the brevard symphony orchestra and it also happens to be beethoven's 200th birthday oh wow i think it's his birthday so much i of the do music know who beethoven, be beethoven is <laughs> yeah and we just had our first rehearsal last night so we're getting geared up to prepare for that and it should be pretty cool and that's called the brevard community chorus, chorus yes. okay and you'll be singing with the brevard Symphony, Symphony Orchestra. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's May 2nd. I'll leave that in the show notes along with Debbie's number. Before we head out, I know I had to go and run and pick up my girls from school. I was hoping that you can leave our listeners with a challenge. I know we call this the 168 Don't Wait. Did you know there were 168 hours in the week? Okay, her face says no. <laughs> well, I learned that from my seventh I didn't know teacher. why you had the 168 on there. Now you know. Now See, I know. we're always learning. Yes. You teach me about diction and enunciation and posture with singing. I teach you about hours in the week. And I'm not even a mathematician. So 168 hours in a week. Uh, The title of the challenge is 168 Don't Wait. What would you challenge our listeners for this next week? I would say don't wait for things that like maybe you have on your heart, uh, passions that you have or, or callings from God, you know, tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, maybe you might like to try that. Even if you're sitting there going, who, me? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that because yeah. I totally said that. So if you're waiting for a sign, you just got it from Deb. There's a sign. Here's your sign. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Debbie, thank you so much for your you're time. Welcome. Before we close, I wanted to share with you, as I was getting ready for this interview, and I was kind of just kind of reminiscing about some of our experiences together to make this a little more personal. You always want this to our meetings to be and interviews to be personal. I came across this verse and Colossians, and I don't know if you've heard it, but being in the music, I don't want to say industry, but that's just the the realm. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And as I was looking over the different Bible verses, this one spoke to me the most because you are teaching the kids. And as a parent of, a, of children who are there at that school, I'm, I'm grateful. And yet I know that when you're doing that in some way, you're showing your gratitude to God. Mm-hmm. And I thought of all the Bible verses, at least for this topic, I thought I that it. this really resonated I love with that. You. So that's, that's Colossians awesome. chapter three, verse 16. And it's very true. It is. Mm -hmm. And so I thank you so much for your witness to our kids. I thank you for your time today. I thank you for your willingness to say yes, even when you were apprehensive. I think all of us jump into ministries, myself included, 
and we we're just trusting God. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful example that is to um, our children, but also you're an example to even like I, I have teenage children who are watching you, and then even to the older people because now I'm seeing some older people in the choir too. And I thank you for that because you are planting seeds and you are a light. Just thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And This uh, has been fun. Thank you for asking. It'll be good times. So thanks for coming out. Have a great day, everybody. God bless you. And St. Cecilia, pray for us. Pray for us. Thanks, Deb. Aw, wasn't she great? Talk about joy and gratitude flowing out from a person's heart and into your ears. Debbie is truly a beautiful soul, and I'm so glad you had the opportunity to get to know her. If you'd like to get in touch with Debbie, you can text her at 321-427-2005. As you heard, she's quite knowledgeable about kids' choir and choir in general, so give her a call. I know she'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to catch Debbie perform with the Brevard Community Choir on May 2nd. They will be performing with the Brevard Symphony Orchestra, and I know it is going to be amazing. Another amazing thing is that the Whatsoever 168 podcast is now not only on SoundCloud, but it is also on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please subscribe to the podcast, encourage others to subscribe, share your favorite episodes, like them, and leave us a comment. It's a great way to keep in touch with us and let us know how we're doing, and if you're not already doing so with us on Facebook and on Instagram. I pray your new year is off to a beautiful and fruitful beginning. Like Debbie said, get out there and get moving. God wants to use you, so be open to Him and to where He is leading you. Have a great week, everyone, and remember, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. So be nice, because it's just too